At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. This episode of Burnt Toast is brought to you by Jet.com, a shopping site that makes it easy to save money on the things you're buying anyway, like groceries and home essentials. For 20% off your first two fresh orders, visit Jet.com and enter the code BURNTTOAST at checkout. I'm Kenzie Wilbur, and this is Food 52's Burnt Toast. If you drive down North Figueroa Street in the Highland Park neighborhood of Los Angeles, you'll see a giant statue. Right there, up high on a roof, between a Mexican restaurant and a wellness center, is Chicken Boy. At night, he looks almost neon. He's a 22-foot-tall statue that's kind of glowing. Like he's absorbing the light from the streetlights and the signs around him and then refracting it. His body is the base of a classic muffler man in blocked primary colors. Bright blue jeans, a red t-shirt, almost comically brawny arms holding a yellow bucket. His head is eight feet of fiberglass feathers, cartoonish eyes, and a beak. You can't miss him. He presides over the street. I came really late to Chicken Boy, long after the coverage from the LA Times, from Vice and from Atlas Obscura, and after a profile from the BBC. I didn't catch the radio broadcasts on him, and being from the East Coast, I certainly missed every local news story. There's even a live-action movie about Chicken Boy, and a song, The Chicken Boy Polka. There's a Chicken Boy newsletter, too, with subscribers from far beyond just LA. I missed all of this, until our producer, Gabrielle Lewis, a California native, brought him up one day. She mentioned him casually, like, you know, everyone has their chicken boy. I had no idea what this meant, but I wanted to. We started uncovering the small mountain of press about him, and then we found the artist Amy Anoa, the woman who saved Chicken Boy from certain destruction and worked for 23 years to find him a permanent home. I moved to Los Angeles in the 1970s. And I moved here in, like, my very first car ever, which I got in high school, which was a Datsun. <laughs> I was driving up Broadway, and I just happened to look over at the right time, and I saw this statue on the roof. And I just, it really made me feel like I was going to be okay. I was a young person, so I had all those insecurities, and I wasn't moving away from home for the first time. You know, it, it was just a, a whole thing of of feeling like an outsider. He was also an outsider, kind of, you know, welcoming me here. 
And I have come to find out that I'm not the only one. It's a semi-universal feeling, I venture to guess. So he's sitting on top of a fried chicken restaurant. Mm -hmm. Did you go to the restaurant? I never went to the restaurant, ever. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I It sort of almost never occurred to me, in a way, to go there. It was more about that statue. I mean, to me, it, it said a lot about Los Angeles. At the time, there was just really wacky things on the street that you would just happen to drive by, and it became sort of normal. The restaurant we're talking about is Chicken Boy Fried Chicken. It's where Amy first saw him and where Chicken Boy first stood in the 60s. And actually, a fried chicken restaurant advertising with a 22-foot chicken-human hybrid holding what is essentially a bucket of himself was pretty normal. Los Angeles was becoming a new kind of city, a modern city, a 20th century city. That's architect and historian Alan Hess. It was not following the rules of traditional cities like, you know, Chicago's Loop or downtown San Francisco or any other large city. It was a multi-centered city, and it was connected by the automobile. And, of course, automotive automotive ownership uh, expanded tremendously uh, after 1920. Uh, Los Angeles architects responded to that by realizing the scale of buildings and signs had uh, had to grow in order to be noticed as you're driving by at 30 miles an hour instead of walking by at, you know, a a typical pace. And then they also realized that signage was a really important part of architecture. Our architecture communicates, signs communicate. And so they kind of blended uh, the building with the signs that informed you what was going on in the building, what they were selling. So this really kind of all coalesced, uh, starting in the 30s with the drive-in restaurants, but and then in the 50s with the Googie coffee shops, uh, these roadside coffee shops that um, integrated sign and architecture that had plenty of glass so that as you drove by at 30 miles an hour, you could look in and the building was a billboard. The people inside eating and the waitresses And the cooks were uh, a living billboard for that uh, for that business. So there were all of these kind of influences and ideas in architecture for Los Angeles that kept uh, developing. Now, part of that uh, uh, development of that idea, that search and experiment and understanding of that that idea were these programmatic buildings uh, like, well, the, the, the Brown Derby is a great example, built in the 1920s. It's a giant derby hat, and it's a restaurant. Um, And that became, of course, world famous. The name Googie, that style of architecture that Alan's talking about, actually came from an L.A. coffee shop with the same name. Googie's coffee shop in West Hollywood was a quintessential example of the movement. It was designed by John Lautner, a student of Frank Lloyd Wright. But these historic landmarks weren't necessarily safe. Take the Brown Derby restaurant he mentions. Even its world-famous status couldn't save it. Yeah, that is just a really sad story. <laughs> they um, they were going to tear down the original Brown Derby. There was a great public outcry about that. And so the um, 
owners of the property, the developers, came up with a compromise where they built the, I don't know, three or four story shopping center and they put the Brown Derby on the top level at the back as a, a restaurant. And it completely destroyed what the Brown Derby was all about. That was that was a great failure of um, imagination, unfortunately. Muffler men started to disappear, too. The first of these burly statues was made in 1962 by the International Fiberglass Company, and there were hundreds made by the time the company closed in 1974, including Chicken Boy's body. As for Chicken Boy's head, it was designed by the local artist Robert Hockenberry. Today, there are only around 15 muffler men left in the state of California. I just appreciate the real um, kind of goofy humor of his head, the, the chicken head. It's kind of got a smile on it, and it's very friendly. You know, it's not a frightening chicken. Uh, it's a very welcoming one. So, uh, you know, think about it. If you were walking down the street and you saw a man walking by who had the head of a chicken, you would be pretty alarmed. Um, and yet somehow the design of that removes that possibility completely. It is completely charming. And that's due to the artistry of whoever it was that uh, first sculpted that head and put it on it. But I think the way that Chicken Boy in particular had taken that vernacular and then put a twist on it, I think shows a uh, an artistic impulse to realize we can do something else with this, uh, with this kind of uh, statuary. Um, and we can add another meaning to it. So I would say, while it is funny and it's delightful, uh, Chicken Boy is a good example of how that kind of architecture can go further. And it's the people who appreciate that about Los Angeles architecture in general, I think, uh, that you can take something ordinary and common and just, you know, that doesn't seem significant at all, and then you can give it, you know, a meaning. It has a meaning. And uh, I, I think it's the community people who appreciate that, that are really uh, real defenders of, uh, of Chicken Boy. More on that right after this. We're brought to you today by Jet.com, a shopping site that makes it easy to save money on the things that you're picking up anyway. What I love about it is that you can get your groceries at the same time as your toothpaste, at the same time as your Ziploc bags, at the same time as your cereal. They really do have everything. The other week I shopped for dinner and browsed through their selection of produce and dairy while I stocked up on some very fancy shampoo I've been meaning to try. Because priorities. All you do is pick out your groceries from their huge assortment of fresh produce and staples. They also have a ton of organic, gluten-free, kosher, and vegan choices, and then they get delivered right to your door. Mine arrives safe and sound just two days later. And you don't need to schedule a delivery time and wait around for it. Jet.com uses packaging that keeps everything fresh and cold until you get home. For 20% off your first two fresh orders over $35 with a maximum discount of $30, visit Jet.com and enter the code BURNTTOAST at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. See Jet.com for details. Mm -hmm. 
You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beat in cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. Of all of his defenders, Amy came to lead the charge. I spent years just driving by him, waving at him. I would take out-of-town friends by, and we'd wave at him. And he became this sort of um, uh, connected to my identity in a way. Um, Like, friends would ask me how he was. Was there ever a time where you answered he wasn't well? No, actually, no. It's like he was still there, so that was kind of it. Yes, he's still there. And that was, you know, that was enough at the time. Yeah, no, he was always, he always, he's fiberglass, you know, he looked the same. (laughs) He didn't go anywhere, He all of that. He always had the same expression, et cetera. So so I just sort of became... um, uh, not really, res- at that point I wasn't responsible, but I became like identified with him by a very, very small group of friends. So um, it was night. I'm driving up the street. The restaurant where he was the signage for had closed. At this point, it's the early 80s, 10 years after Amy first saw Chicken Boy. She now had her own studio and a few employees. And it was all boarded up, and there was a big for lease sign on, uh, you know, on the boards. So I quickly, I jotted down the number. And, you know, typically, uh, like, I don't always follow through on everything like this, but the next day, I did call that number. And it was pretty casual at first. It was just like, hey, you know, I just want to make sure that he's going to stay on the building or that whoever leases it is going to take care of him. It was more like that. I wasn't involved in this. I, I was just curious at that point. Um, But you know what happens after you talk to somebody like that a few times and you start to kind of joke around and all this kind of stuff. And we became phone friendly in that way. And um, we had enough conversations that that was happening. So they would call, they would call me up and, you know, practically tell me jokes and stuff. They called me up one day and they said, okay, we are, leasing the building. We have to do all this construction work on it. So the statue's coming off. And if you're so interested in saving him, come and get him. We're giving you a week. And at that point, that's when I was committed. I really seriously didn't think twice about it. I just said, yeah, okay, I'm doing it. And then naturally, while the rest of LA was asleep, she staged a rescue mission. I had no idea he was 22 feet tall at that point. I thought he was like eight feet tall, six, eight, seven, you know, seven, eight feet tall. That's what I thought. We actually did get him off of the roof. It sounds like a con mission. Yes, it totally was because they didn't give us enough. Well, I mean, not like I would have done it, quote unquote, legally to begin with. I would have done it guerrilla style no matter what. But, you know, one of our marching orders was do it fast. (laughs) We're not pulling permits. Like, go in the middle of the night, you know, whatever you need to do. Like, just please don't get caught. Was there a part of you that felt like you were the only person who could save Chicken Boy? Um, 
think so. I think I just happened to be the one there. I it was I'm not going to say the right place at the right time, but you know, in in a certain sort of a way, I guess I was the one that got asked and I said yes. After Amy's rescue team got Chicken Boy off the roof, they took him to a friend's warehouse. And this begins Chicken Boy's nomad era. For the next 23 years, he moved from place to place. At one point, he was in a parking spot, lying face up on the ground in between a boat trailer and an old yellow school bus. At another, he was separated, his body in a friend's backyard and his eight-foot head sitting casually in Amy's living room. To pay for all of the storage, Amy made a collection of Chicken Boy merch. To help the cause, you could buy a Chicken Boy-themed onesie or a mug or a chicken foot telescoping back scratcher. Our first, our first and only idea, honestly, was we're just going to go get him and then... We're going to give him to a museum. We're going to give him to a civic park. We're going to put him in an outdoor um, public plaza somewhere. Somewhere where other people could enjoy him. Exactly. We wanted him to be safe, of course. We wanted him to be able to be seen. But we never did find anybody who would even take a you know, second meeting, one phone call after our initial letter proposal. Wow. Do you remember some of the reasons they, they gave? Um, I, uh, okay, the, the most, <laughs> the most memorable one, basically a form letter. And in the middle of it, it was like, we have determined he is not art. So <laughs> that obviously I sent it to an art museum and that really, that really was heartbreaking to me because, you know, of course I think he is. And I'm, uh, part of my life is in the art world of, of Los Angeles. And I thought that was pretty snobby. The museums never did come around, but the press felt differently. It's this time during his nomad years from the early 80s to 2007 that stories in national and local outlets begin to run. That people reach out to borrow his head for live radio shows. That Chicken Boy the movie gets made. Chicken half of me told me to go bury my head in the sand. The boy half of me told me to grab onto life for all it was worth. Question was, which came first, the chicken or the boy? And surely you remember the Chicken Boy polka. Oh, when I grow up, I want to be just like Chicken Boy. I want to make a perfect world for every girl and boy. I want to play accordion till your life with joy. When I grow up, I want to be just like Chicken Boy. The Chicken Boy newsletter starts around this time, too, and Amy is behind all of this. Amy found a building for a new studio and, finally, a new home for Chicken Boy. And that's where you can find him now, perched on top of Future Studios. He's both a member of Amy's artist community and he's keeping watch over it at the many openings and art sales and gallery nights. But has anybody ever come up to you and just say, like, why do you care so much about a statue? Um, actually, no. Wow. No, nobody has actually, you know what, I keep, I have heard on occasion, like, in order to get him installed on our roof here, we had to go through all kinds of neighborhood, you know, meetings and whatever, and there were some groups that had to approve us doing this. And I would hear these rumors of like, oh, you know, um, blah, 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 down the street really doesn't get it, and she's going to fight you because it's just too weird. Um, But they didn't show up. Um, when it came right down to it. <laughs> so I'm um, not really, I don't know. 
No, I mean, no one's ever maybe confronted me with that. The way she tells it, Chicken Boy has been a matchmaker in all of this. Amy works late at night, and it's not unusual for her to hear couples talking about Chicken Boy from the bar on the corner. And she and her longtime partner Stuart met when Stuart showed up to help at a Chicken Boy-inspired guerrilla art project. What would your life be like without Chicken Boy? That is, oh, yeah. Because in so many ways, you know, he's kind of, I am his mom. (laughs) And I'm pretty identified with him. Um, That is a good question. I don't think it would, uh, you know what? It would be really different because I have met so many people. I wouldn't have met a lot of people I know and I'm really good friends with without him. There's a campaign to rebuild Broadway into a bustling downtown. Old movie theaters are being restored, new restaurants are opening. There are rumors that the city wants to bring Chicken Boy back to his original home, too. No, he's not going back. Well, he, first of all, he is atta- He is so super attached to the top of this building. Do you mean now? physically or, like, m- emotionally? Physically. Okay, More, so he's really bolted much, down. Yeah, as much physically as emotionally, definitely. Um... I don't think he's going anywhere. And it does occur to me that, you know, someday I'm, I won't be here. And uh, he will still be here. And um, so before too much longer, I need to really seriously um, look into getting him a historic designation, which I am told he does qualify for. Um, once I have that, I, I really will feel like my, my work has been done. He'll be protected. And I think, you know, in, in just the couple of years that he's, he's been up on our roof now for eight years, nine years, something like that, um, he has really become um, a, a loved local landmark. So I think that people will look after him as well. There will be somebody who will come by and, you know, look after him after me, I hope. I think. I think that'll happen. You can find Chicken Boy on Figueroa Street in the Highland Park neighborhood of L.A. And you can pick up a Chicken Boy t-shirt like our producer Gabrielle Lewis did at chickenboyshop.com. The rest of Amy's merch is there, too. We're also going to post a bunch of Chicken Boy photos, including some from his nomad years, up on food52.com. Head there to check those out. This episode of Burnt Toast was produced by Gabrielle Lewis and me, Kenzie Wilbur. Thanks also to Amanda Hasser and Meryl Stubbs, the founders of Food52, and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Our ad and theme music is by Joshua Rule Dobson. Our intro music is by Signal Sounds NYC. And all other music is by Blue Dot Sessions. Our logo is designed by Abby Lossing. Please let us know what you think of the show. You can leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Or you can get in touch. Email us at burnttoasts at food52.com. We'll talk to you all next time. Thanks so much for listening. This episode of Burnt Toast is brought to you by Jet.com, a shopping site that makes it easy to save money on the things you're buying anyway. Producer Gabrielle Lewis, what's in your Jet.com cart right now? I'm getting ready to host a brunch, so I've got some yogurt, Mm -hmm. some orange juice, smoked salmon. Mm -hmm. Can I come to the brunch? We'll talk about that later. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) There are no membership or annual fees. You just head to the site and start adding to your cart. 
For 20% off your first two fresh orders, visit jet.com and enter the code BURNTTOAST at checkout. 